for all of you, thanks for making it out today. I know it was a little treacherous out there. Man, when I, when I stepped out my door, man, my, my feet almost like came out from underneath me. Anybody else had that experience? Yes, I think we all did. And, and then I felt really bad because I left without salting. That's not a, not a good neighbor at all. I'll get that when I get home. But anyway, before we get started, I wanted to remind you that on Monday, tomorrow, okay, and if you're new here, you might not know anything about this. Uh, again, you can go online and, and find out more information. But tomorrow, we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay? Tomorrow, I know, right? And uh, don't be you know, too scared when you hear 21 days of prayer and fast. It doesn't mean you don't eat necessarily for 21 days. We're just encouraging you to fast and fill. All right, fast and fill. Fast from something. You know, it could be some sort of food fast. It could be uh, social media. It could be TV. Uh, whatever you fast from, though, okay, make sure you fill it with time greater focused on like God, through prayer and solitude and journaling and just being quiet, okay, scripture reading. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about how I know God's going to work in and through these next 21 days. And so I just want to urge you sometime today, all right, get a plan, even if it's something really small. Uh, get a plan and join us on this journey because uh, it's going to be awesome, and you'll hear more about that uh, later in my talk. But I want to begin with a quick show of hands, okay? Quick show of hands. How many of you would say you are self-aware? How many of you would say you are self-aware? Okay, all right, I figured most of you would probably raise your hands. That's kind of a trick question, right? Uh, most of us feel like we are self-aware, you know? I think I am. Uh, yet, interestingly enough, a research team from the Harvard Business Review discovered that while 95% of us think we are self-aware, only 10 to 15% of us actually are, all right? 95% of us think we are, oh yeah, I'm totally self-aware, <laughs> but only 10 to 15% of us actually are. Now, I know that doesn't apply to any of us here. I'm just, you know, kind of sharing the research. But sometimes you see this, I think, when um, people sort of tell on themselves and don't realize it. You know what I'm talking about? They sort of tell, I guess that's kind of the definition of being not self-aware. But here's one of my favorites, okay? An obviously frustrated person posted this review for a PetSmart store, okay? All right, check this out. Uh, they gave the store one star. Why? Because, and I quote, my husband and I have shopped here consistently for years, but we will use a different location from now on. They literally lock the doors right in your face if you show up two minutes after closing. The audacity of closing two minutes late, right? Or not letting us even come in. You, you, you that are in retail are going, mm, I see people like that all the time. Um, but anyway, uh, of course, I have a couple of examples from my own life, too. Uh, just this last week, I guess it was the week before last, actually, my wife, Lisa, uh, made some chicken soup. And it was for me and the kids and all of us to kind of eat, you know, over Christmas and New Year. And I, I just love like a hot bowl of chicken soup on a cold winter's day. Anybody else with me? Is that just like one of the best things you could possibly eat? And so last Tuesday night, uh, she was putting her finishing touches on this big pot of chicken soup. And I, I just couldn't wait to dive in. And it was just uh, myself, my wife, Lisa, and uh, my 22-year-old daughter, Chloe. And so I've got my, my big bowl of soup in front of me. I've got my hot buttered cornbread over here to the left. And I've got this big glass of iced tea to the right, ready to wash it all down. Uh, we pray, and then I just like dive into the soup one spoonful after another when my daughter says, Dad, can you please stop slurping your soup? And, and I was like, what are you talking about? I, I literally had no idea how loud I was actually being. She said, yeah, you're slurping at like 90 decibels. <laughs> and then, of course, my wife chimes in and says, yeah, I've been trying to tell him that for the last 10 years. But I was, I was literally unaware. So let me just say right now, if you've ever been around me when I was slurping my soup, please forgive me, okay? Because I've probably had meals with many of you and I've done that. I just didn't realize it. I'm working on that. I'm in, pro I'm in progress. I'm growing in that. 
But you know, a lack of self-awareness isn't um, only a challenge at home, it can also be a problem in the workplace. In another survey, 99% of people reported working with at least one person who totally lacked self-awareness. 99% of people reported working with at least one person who totally lacked self-awareness, and nearly half worked with at least four people they described as not self-aware. And these are even people with past successes, solid qualifications, who displayed a complete deficit in terms of how they come across. Some of you are thinking, one person, I got like 10 people I can name right now that are completely unaware. Okay, so there are times that we can laugh about this, right? But, but here's why I wanna go with this today, okay? What if, I mean, what if our lack of self-awareness is doing way more harm than we realize? What if our lack of self-awareness is doing way more harm than we realize? I mean, what if our lack of self-awareness is actually doing damage to our connection to God as well as our connection to some of the people we love most? What if our lack of self-awareness is actually doing damage to our relationship with God and to our relationship with other people? See, we're in week two of this series, uh, Becoming Like Jesus. And we're talking about what it looks like for us to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you choose to follow Jesus, God says the Holy Spirit actually comes to live inside of you. And so we're talking about what it looks like to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit, who more than anything wants to deeply form you and me into the image of Jesus himself. God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to deeply form you and me into the image of Jesus himself. And this is not about doing more good things and fewer bad things. That's not what we're talking about, okay? This is about realizing that you can be committed to the external activities of Christianity, all right, without being deeply transformed by Jesus. Let me say that again. All right, we can all be deeply committed to the external activities of Christianity without being deeply formed by Jesus, uh, author Rich Velotis wrote this book, and uh, got to give him credit for a lot of the content in this series. Uh, encourage you to, to get this if you don't have it, The Deeply Formed Life. And he says this, instead of being deeply formed, we settle for being shallowly shaped. Instead of being deeply formed, we settle for being shallowly shaped. And see, Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness. John 10.10. 10. And folks, that life isn't about being shallowly shaped. God is not interested in transforming one part or maybe just a few parts of your life, maybe kind of picking and choosing. No, God's desire is to transform every part of your life until, as the Apostle Paul put it, Christ is formed in you. Christ is formed in you. And so this series, all right, is simply an invitation to become like Jesus, for Christ to be formed in you. And here's the deal. See, I think a growing self-awareness is crucial on this journey of transformation. Growing in our self-awareness is crucial on this journey of transformation. Yet, you see, we have a problem. Here's the problem. We've got a problem. Most of us tend to avoid the kind of deep introspection necessary to grow in self-awareness. Most of us, we kind of just avoid that kind of deep thought, that sort of deep introspection required to grow in self-awareness. And we often wrestle with questions, well, what if I don't like what I discover? I mean, if I, if I reveal the real me, will I still be loved? Or, you know, isn't it possible to be deeply formed without maybe going that deep? 
And yet Rich Velotis again um, gives us a warning about neglecting this inner work and he says, limited reflection usually leads to dangerous reaction. Kind of let that sink in for a minute. Limited reflection usually leads to dangerous reaction. Uh, When there's no space to process our inner worlds, we find ourselves mindlessly and instinctually reacting to the world around us. And I don't think any of us truly at our heart of hearts want to react to the world around us. Because when we're not self-aware, see, we disconnect from our own brokenness, which often then makes us critical of other people's brokenness. Does that make sense? Think about it. When we aren't self-aware and recognize our own brokenness, what does that do? It makes us critical of everybody else's brokenness. But you see, on the flip side, all right, check this out. On the flip side, the good news is that being, being ruthlessly honest about our brokenness in our lives can actually help us love and be loved more deeply than ever before. See, if we're willing to do this honest introspection, this deep work, then we can find that we can be loved and love deeper than ever before. And, and Jesus has something to say about um, self-awareness. In his most famous teaching, known as the Sermon on the Mount, he asks this. He says, all right, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? I mean, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? I mean, think about that. I mean, it's kind of humorous if you go there for just a minute. I mean, let's just say, uh, Sean, raise your hand, Sean. Sean and I are we're friends in the same small group. And um, you know, let's say, I'm saying, Sean, you know, you've, you've, got a, I've, you've got a speck in your eye. You really need to get that. But yet I've got this massive plank, a log literally jetting out of my eye. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And Jesus says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And I know those words can sound harsh, but <laughs> how many of us do, I mean, if you're honest, tend to focus on the missteps of other people way before we think of our own? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of us have a strong tendency to focus on the missteps of other people long before we even look at our own? Man, I, I just got to confess, I'll be honest with you, I am so quick to judge other people's actions. You're like, oh great, you're the pastor and you're judgmental, yes. I am, I'm, I'm so quick to judge other people's actions, but with myself, what do I do? I judge my intentions more than my actions. You see the difference? I judge other people's actions, but with me, I, uh, no, I, I judge my intentions more than my actions. In other words, I, I tend to cut myself way more slack than I do anybody else. But see, Jesus says, to me, he said, John, you can't even see the speck in anybody else's eye until you first get that log out of your own eye. And see, you're here for a reason, especially on a day like today. You came out, you know, in the cold weather, slick surfaces, it's dangerous, we're in a pandemic. And let me just tell you, I have a hunch that you're here because you want to be deeply formed as a follower of Jesus. And if we hope to do that, we've got to continually be willing to examine our own attitudes, beliefs, and actions because we can grow in self-awareness, okay? You can grow, but you will never fully arrive. Remember, because 95% of us think we are self-aware, <laughs> research says only 10 to 15% of us actually are, right? Growing in self-awareness, you see, it is a lifelong spiritual formation, And it requires a commitment to humbly allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. 
do you see how important self-awareness can actually be? And do you see how it requires us to kind of take a humble approach at this and go, okay, well, you know, maybe, and this is where it's been hitting me this week, because I, I, you know, I think I'm self-aware. I slurp my, sl- my slurp my sloop. I keep saying it wrong. Slurped my soup, right? And I, I, I want to think of myself, yeah, I'm a self-aware person, but, you know, I, I have to step back and go, okay, where are my blind spots? Where do I still have a log? Where am I not quite as self-aware as I think I am or I want to be? Because I need to see the brokenness in my own life so that I can be much less critical of the brokenness in anybody else's life. That's the kind of person I want to be. You know, there's a psalm which is actually a prayer to God in which the author engages in this kind of introspection. And so I'm, I'm going to read a little over half of this psalm. Okay, it's a lot of text, all right? But it's a great example for us. And I'll tell you what, if it helps your eyes, just you know, close your eyes if you want to and you can just listen Um, If you want to go ahead and do that, you can do that. You can just kind of close your eyes and listen. If you want to pull this up on your smartphone, you can. It's Psalm 139. You'll probably find it if you Google it or if you have a a Bible app, you can bring it up on your Bible app. It's Psalm 139. And again, I'm going to read it. It's kind of lengthy, but I want you to notice the introspection, the the desire to truly be self-aware that we find in this example. So do whatever it helps you do to stay engaged. And I'm going to read this from um, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. All right, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. (laughs) Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Uh, There's a couple of comforting truths that I think stand out as we read those words from the writer of that psalm. And and two I want to highlight. And first is this. You see, God is aware. We want to be self-aware. Guess what? God (laughs) is the ultimate in awareness. He is completely aware. And the psalmist begins with this idea that, you know what? God already knows the innermost workings of your heart. And so, you know, even if you aren't self-aware, God is aware. He knows you deeply. He knows every action, intention, desire, and weakness. He knows every good and imperfect thing about you. Think about that. Yeah, God is completely aware. And secondly, God is safe. How awesome is that? There are so many things I'd love to hide from God. But this was such a great reminder to me. God is completely aware of all of it. All of it. But he's still safe. 
He's still safe. I think often our fear, isn't it that if people really get to know us that they, um, they won't love us, we won't be able to love or we won't be able to find love? But see, the beautiful truth about God is that God already knows you and he still loves you. Think about that. God already knows you. Every aspect of your life, your being, your thoughts, your intentions, everything, and he still loves you. We've often said that God couldn't love you any more or any less than he does right now. God couldn't love you any more or any less than he does right now. And so, see, we can engage in self-reflection just like the writer of the Psalms does without fear because we know that God is safe and in him we will find grace and love and compassion. Man, I don't know about you, but I would say the last year or two has been a season where, where I've been trying to work on this area of self-awareness. And part of it, I think, just comes from being in tighter quarters with people uh, that I'm close to for extended periods of time. I think you become more aware of some areas that, oh, wow, <laughs> you need to work on that. And I've got more people telling me because they're around me more. I can't hide it as much. And I don't think anybody would argue that the last couple of years have been difficult on so many levels, right? I mean, personally, relationally, emotionally, physically, professionally. I mean, it's hit everything. And I know there have been more than a few times when I've lacked self-awareness, and I know that has done damage to myself. It's done damage to my relationship with other people. It's done damage to my relationship with God. But I will say that, that one practice that has kind of helped me open up myself to myself and to God in the last year has been being more intentional about setting aside the first part of my day to simply be with God. And when I'm at my best and I'm really doing that well during the first part of that time, and it's not in a long time, I try to go like at least five minutes for this part of my time with God where I just sit in complete silence and solitude. Just utter silence and solitude. And I ask God, reveal to me whatever it is that you want to reveal to me. And then I follow those five minutes with this question. What am I feeling? What am I feeling? And I'm not always great with feelings. <laughs> so I actually had to come up with a list of possible feelings that I might be feeling. I know it sounds crazy, but I did. Uh, you just Google them. You can find all those wheels and all kinds of stuff that will help you walk through this process. You know, happy, sad, content, confused. Um, but I will say this, you know, sharing what I'm truly feeling with God and knowing that he is already fully aware and completely safe, no matter what those feelings might be, has really helped me grow in self-awareness and hopefully become, I don't know, maybe just a little bit more like Jesus, which is what this is all about, right? You see, folks, because God is aware and because God is completely safe, the writer of Psalms could end his prayer with this. Check this out. He says, search me, God. He knows God is aware. He knows God is safe. And so he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, he's completely opening himself up to God because he knows God is aware and God is safe. And then he says, God, see if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. I love that, right? Uh, lead me to life that is truly life. Jesus talked about this deeply formed life as living life to its fullest. That's what we want, right? And the truth that God already sees us and knows us and loves us deeply can give us the courage then to open up ourselves to him even more. Uh, listen to the way James Mays describes how the writer of Psalms has confidence in God's love, compassion, and good leading. He says, the psalmist, the writer of the Psalms, wants God to be his judge so that God may be his shepherd. 
You, you see that? He, he wants God to be his judge so that God can be his shepherd. When you open yourself up to God in that way to, to, to judge, then he can shepherd you in the way you need to go. Such is his experience of God and confidence in God that he does not fear a judgment that leads to punishment, but prays for a searching and testing that leads to pastoral care. So what if you were able to pray this prayer of self-awareness, all right? Uh, God, show me me. God, show me me. As in, God, you already know the deepest depths of my heart and soul. You already know the good and the bad, and you still love me. And so, God, give me the courage to work through whatever I need to work through with you. Show me the real me. You know, with the time we have left, I want us to get real practical. I want to I share you one framework that I think could be helpful to grow in self-awareness. And it's a set of questions that you can ask yourself as you pray through and engage in this kind of introspection that leads to a deeply formed life. And this framework is, is something that you might call a reaction check-in, okay? Tell you what, say that after me, reaction check-in. You reacted quite well, thank you. Um, anyway, you can use this when you experience something that might be kind of hard to process. And I don't know, it might be um, a, surpri a surprising change in plans. It could be a reaction uh, from someone that seems to outweigh an offense. Anybody ever had that? I think we've all experienced that. Or it might be something that just kind of prompted a deep emotional response in you. Okay, so, so be thinking about something that happened, maybe even in the last week or, or a couple of weeks. Maybe something's coming to mind already for you. I hope so. And again, it could be, you know, a surprising change in plans. It could be a reaction from someone that seems to be like outweigh the offense, or it might be something that kind of brought up a deep emotional response from you. But to grow in self-awareness, I want to encourage you to ask these questions, okay? And uh, there's going to be five questions. When it's up there, uh, I'd encourage you to take a picture with your smartphone or write them down. I think you'll find this to be a helpful tool that you can use on your own for this kind of deep reflection. First, ask what happened, okay? And when you ask yourself what happened, you might want to write it down in a journal or somewhere, maybe uh, on the notes app on your smartphone if you have that with you. Or you might talk it through with somebody that you trust and, and really, you know, believe has the maturity that you could talk to about that. So what happened? Second, what am I feeling? There's that question, what am I feeling? Okay, uh, describe what you're feeling. And if you're feeling something like anger, try to go a little bit deeper because anger, we know, is often what? A secondary emotion, right? There's usually something beneath that like um, sadness or hurt or fear. All right, so ask, what am I feeling? The third question I would urge you to ask is, what is the story I'm telling myself? All right, what is the story I'm telling myself? Okay, uh, I mean, something happened. You're feeling something, right? Now explore the meaning that you're drawing from the story you're telling yourself about what happened. All right, question four then, what does God have to say? Uh, here's what I want you to think about when you're asking this question. I mean, how does the love of Jesus, how does the gospel influence not only the way I'm thinking about what happened, but also how I'm going to respond? So crucial. What does God have to say? And then finally ask, okay, what counter-instinctual action is needed here? What's the thing that you need to do in response to what happened that will lead you in the way of Jesus? Or as the writer of the psalm put it, lead you in the way everlasting, Right? Go ahead and take a picture of that if you have your smartphone with you. I think, I, again, I think it's a super helpful tool. Um, write them down somewhere. I'd encourage you to have them on hand. I think they can help you become more self-aware. And so here's what we're going to do, okay? It's a little bit different than what we normally do on a Sunday, but this is what, we're, what you're in for today, okay? I'm going to ask you to spend some time right now just using these questions as a sort of way to pray that prayer, show me me, 
All right, show me me. So I would encourage you again, if you have your notes app on your phone open or a scratch piece of paper somewhere, we're going to take like, there's going to be a music underscore. We're going to have those questions on the screen, a song that's going to be sung. We want to give you just a little time to experience just a touch of this. You won't get through all the questions, all right, but you'll begin to get through some of them. And again, I think it's um, just one simple way. We always want to give you takeaways, things that you can, you, can, you can put into practice as you leave. This is one way we can grow in self-awareness in order to be deeply formed and become more like Jesus. Okay, so we're going to do this, all right? You guys ready to give me a nod ahead? Are you with me? All right, we're going to do this for like four or five minutes, and then I'll come up and uh, we'll wrap things up, and we'll lead into a time of, of communion and celebrating the Lord's Supper, all right? All right, here we go. <laughs> Where can I run from your love? You 
searched me and know all my heart If I climb to the heights, you'll be there If I make my bed in that was somewhat meaningful for you. I'm sure you didn't get through all the questions, but I hope it gave you a glimpse of how helpful that uh, process um, and framework might be. You know, I, I find that when I allow myself to, to kind of go there and, and just take a deep breath, rest in God's presence and reflect in that way and ask him to show me me, it, it really does create an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do a deeper work than, um, than I've probably experienced any other way and that's really what we want for you that's what we want for you uh, you know we have another great opportunity for all of us to give God room to deeply form every part of us and I mentioned it at the beginning it's this 21 days of prayer and fasting and we start again tomorrow we go through the 30th and we're just together collectively as a community and you know church across all of our locations in Chicagoland saying God you know form us into the image of Jesus Imagine what it would look like if, if collectively we all did that together, the impact we could have here not only locally in Lincoln Park and Lakeview and, and Old Town and Gold Coast, wherever you might come from, but all over Chicagoland and maybe even throughout the world. And so in order to do that, um, again, we just invite you to fast from something so that you can be more aware of the presence of God. And again, it might be a traditional fast where you're fasting from uh, food of some kind or a meal, uh, whatever it might be, and use that time you'd normally be eating or preparing food to simply be with God. Um, I don't know, you might fast from social media or, or Netflix or maybe something other like activity, TV or something to create space in your life for God to, just to do something new. I also want to invite you to sign up for our community daily, and I've been encouraging you to do that over the last several weeks. This is such a great resource. If you sign up for it, you receive an email in your inbox before you wake up every day, Monday through Friday. And for these next 21 days from the community daily, we're going to be looking at 21 questions Jesus wants to ask you. 21 questions Jesus wants to ask you, and each day we'll reflect on a question Jesus asked in Scripture and try to figure out what does it look like for us to respond to that question today 
And also over these 21 days, there'll be a short, just a real brief inspirational video from a community staff person. But again, we start tomorrow, all right? Just wanna make sure you all are aware of that. 21 days, you can go to communitychristian.info or you can scan the QR code on the screen if you want more information about that. And again, folks, this is just about opening ourselves up to what God wants to do in and through us. Uh, we're going to celebrate communion today, and I hope you uh, got one of these before you came in. If, if, if you didn't, would you go ahead and just raise your hand real quick? I think there's a couple of people that might not. Uh, Krista would be happy to make sure you receive one. Uh, we do this every week, but I, I got to tell you, as I was thinking about preparing for this today, uh, and I always feel the gravity of this moment because I think this is so significant, maybe the most important part of our time together. If I felt the gravity of it differently today, and I, and I think it's because we begin this 21 days tomorrow, and and so I, I want this to be almost kind of a commissioning moment for us where collectively, as we do every week, we recognize the sacrifice of Jesus, that his body was broken and that his blood was shed so that we can experience his grace and his love and his mercy and, and, and life in his kingdom, right? But during this time of communion, if you would, these brief moments that we have together, I want you to also remember that these next 21 days, they are a response to his love and sacrifice. We don't pray and fast to, to earn anything from God, okay? Hear me again. We don't do that to try to earn his favor. I told you he couldn't love you any more or any less than he does right now. That's not what this is about. We pray and fast in response and in recognition of his love for us, knowing that as we pray and fast, he will draw us closer to him, right? Paul writes in Ephesians 2, it's by grace that we're saved. Nothing we can do to earn his favor, thankfully. Thankfully. So I'll tell you what, in the glory of God's grace, as we reflect on his grace and love for us and what he did for us when we went to the cross, I want you to peel back that top plastic layer, if you would, and hold that piece of bread in your, in your hand and just kind of hold it up like this. And if you would, together with me, celebrate uh, the body of Christ. And go ahead and peel back that next layer and you've got the juice. It's red as it represents the blood of Jesus, real blood that was shed for you and for me. And together, if you would, uh, celebrate with me the blood of Christ. Folks, we do have an incredible opportunity, I think, in front of us. And I think we all know that the world, I mean, it just, it can so quickly swallow us up, right? In its pace and its distractions and its shallowness. And, uh, man, we're trying to form here as a countercultural community of people that uh, um, want to live in a different way. And not to make us, you know, better than anybody else, but just a different way. And that's the way of Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you to journey with us uh, as we look to follow uh, the way of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we could come and Lord God, just be, be challenged um, or challenged to be more self-aware, not again to, to, to bring attention to ourselves, Father, but to point people to you, God, and, and just help us to remember that you are aware. You already know everything. God, you are, <laughs> you are aware, but at the same time, God, you are completely safe and that you love us. You love us anyway. You loved us enough to go to the cross, to die, to come back to life three days later. God, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for Jesus.
Lord, help us live a life of response to that. And we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.